Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. I'm Elliot Danker and welcome to Sports Minutes, where me and my co-host Ziaul Raushan uh, take apart a sports headline of the day and try and uh, understand and speculate on it a little bit better. Speculate because you know you never really know how these things could end up. And today it's all about the money, isn't it? <laughs> it's all about the money all day, every day. So uh, this is on the back of how uh, Muhammad bin Suleiman uh, has decided to step back from direct. F1 involvement and the reason we bring that up is because he is kind of the owner of uh, the motorsports uh, competition and it got us thinking you know what do rich men want you know it's it's if, if I were to ask you this question Raushan if you had 500 billion dollars and you could only spend it on buying a sports team of any sort which team would this be? I mean, I have to put my money where my heart is, and really? therefore it'll be Manchester United. But but I can understand why you ask really in such a shocked way, because you need to look at it from a businessman perspective more than a fan perspective. So as a businessman, I guess you will look on ROI, what you can yeah. then make the most of. So if, for example, I have $500 million mm. and I'm going to buy Billion. Manchester United, yeah. that's going to wipe out my $500 million. It would have to be five hundred billion, considering the valuations of clubs these days. But but just to counter you on that, do you really want to put yourself in a situation where okay, yeah, you are a fan, uh, and you know the fan base of this football club, and if it doesn't go well, you something that you love could end up being a job that you really hate. Exactly, that's a very valid point. You want to distance yourself from what your heart says yeah. and in terms of what your mind says, a business acumen says, right? And therefore, that's the reason I brought up the point about ROI. You want to think of it from, I'm going to invest $500 million in mm. something Mm-mm-mm. from a businessman perspective. 10 years down the road, I want to double that possibly. So I'm going to look at this hopefully in a business perspective rather than a fan perspective because as a Manchester United fan, it would be great to own my favourite football club. Yeah. But to your point, then there might be other issues such as taking on the fans, which we've seen various different owners go down that road. We've mm. seen bad ownerships in football clubs, not necessarily fans always, just rich men. I mean, Mike Ashley comes to mind at Newcastle United. Yeah. You can see how tumultuous that time was, how grey the whole city was. And now suddenly with new investment, there's new injection of life into yeah. Newcastle. So it's not just about having money and putting it in a business or a sports company that you like. Yep. It's about what you do with it, I think. It, that's true, right? And and also, in, and on the back of you saying what you do with it, I I would ask then, do you hire professionals? But it's still down to you because you got to make sure you hire the right professional. If I had that kind of money, I'd absolutely in a heartbeat uh, buy over Borussia Dortmund. I don't think it's possible because of German law, uh, German football law, where they don't allow one sole ownership. A portion of it has to go to, to fans or people in that sense but it's that business model I know is tried and tested they've got stadium capacity they can get ticket sales and it's a safe investment whereas uh, so that safe investment not necessarily exciting Mm. maybe boring whereas you look at your Manchester United or even a a Formula 1 team and you're going wow this is going to be exciting week in week out Mm. Uh, your life might be a bit of a roller coaster yeah exactly (laughs) I mean look at Todd Boley at Chelsea for example he's come in replaced uh, Roman Abramovich who Mm. was a different sort of owner we're not going to dive into why Roman had to let go of Chelsea. But in terms of Roman's time as owner of the football club, it was vastly different. He had the money, he hired 
experts in the field to carry out his business, whereas Todd Bowley seems to be the a expert. one-stop shop. Yeah, yeah, a one-stop shop. He wants to do yeah. everything. He, yeah. he, I know famously told Thomas Tuchel what formation to play and that's yeah. why that relationship didn't buy. work out. Yeah. Who yeah. to buy. Exactly. So, to your point, we touched on the news of Mohamed bin Suleiman stepping back from Formula 1 involvement. We touched on it yesterday in terms of earlier in the year or late last year at least, he came out and talked about drivers not using F1 as a platform and now suddenly he's distancing himself from it. Deeper into the article, it almost seems like this was always his plan to Mm. take over, to pump the money, but to then hire experts in the field to then run the business, which I think is the smarter way to go about things. Okay, to be fair, you know, taking over from the empire that Bernie Eccleston built, Mm. right, that commercial drive that Eccleston was after all along, I think he's done a very decent job. The only problem for for Suleiman is that there have been a lot of controversies since he took over back in 2021, uh, namely uh, a particular Lewis Hamilton's title. And then, of course, you have all these things about uh, piercings and... And what do you say on social media and whatnot? Um, is there a disconnect between owners who have an interest, they're excited about owning this, versus what the heck these athletes actually want to do? Because uh, just because you're rich doesn't mean you're a former athlete. Right? Exactly. I think that's where the, the, the discord lies, right? Mm. In terms of you come in with the money, but you don't necessarily come in with the expertise of playing the sport professionally. Yes. And therefore, there is a bit of a lack of an understanding between the man who has the money and the men who get the business done on the football pitch, on a driving track, on the basketball court, whatever it is. Yeah. I think that's where the discord lies. And that's why I go back to the point. Yes, you can have all this money. You can be the name on the door but you need experts in the field to make sure your business is profitable and I think this goes beyond just sport any business you can be the backer look at Elon Musk for example he came in with all that money to buy Twitter yes but initially, when he tried to run the business his way, it didn't really work out. He's had to take a few steps back and mm-hmm. say, all right, maybe I'm not best placed to do this. He fired higher power positions people, and yeah. then he had to yeah. bring them back purely because he realized he's slightly out of his depth here. Yeah, actually, if I were to bring it down to a more simplistic point of view and simplistic only because in comparison to these big multi-billionaire owners, right? Um, I'm sure you've heard complaints from people that, oh, my boss, uh, I'm in the marketing department. My boss, uh, he or she did comms what does this person know about marketing and the whole team is a mess right now. I mean, we've heard this at a very person-to-person level. Of course. Uh, Qualifications, uh, people questioning what do they mean anymore. On this note, I think maybe David Beckham has done the best job because he's a former footballer but he knows where he knows branding well. Mm. But even that, he's not directly involved mm. with uh, Inter Miami Football Club. Yeah, I think with David Beckham, he has the extra onus of having played in the MLS in its infancy. So he understands True. the league a lot better. Yeah. He understands Culture, how to yeah. maximize yeah. what it is. And he joined MLS at a very different aspect when it was a different MLS. Now, it's obviously snowballed into something much, much bigger. Money is there to be made. And even when he came up with this Inter-Miami idea, it wasn't overnight. It wasn't a rich man going out to buy a flashy toy. It was calculated. They built a stadium and then he put the tools in place for yes. them for it to become successful. Even his son was yeah. not shoehorned into the first team. Correct. We've read, I've read crazy stories on Twitter of owners in other countries forcing managers to play their sons, yeah. their friends in the team. That's not the sort yeah. of ownership David Beckham has gone for. And I think it comes from a perspective of having played the sport 
professionally, therefore understanding the psyche of right. athletes as well as understanding the league as a whole. And the point you bring up, he does know marketing. I mean, whatever you want to say, David Beckham is always going to be a bigger name than Inter Miami. Mm. But at the same time, he's willing to be in the shadow slightly of this grand project that is Inter Miami FC. And you know, uh, Beckham had the vision to build Inter Miami at the time, he joined uh, Los Angeles Galaxy. So he joined the MLS at a time where he knew that in his retirement, he wanted to own a club because maybe he was not going to uh, become a manager of sorts. Another person, you know, in this aspect of, of uh, sportsmen or former sportsmen owning um, sports franchises, uh, surprise, surprise, is uh, Dwayne Johnson mm. and what he's done with the XFL or even what he's done with things like Titan Games and whatnot. This guy is an athlete. Uh, he's shown it and he dabbles into the business side of these sports, giving a platform for younger players. And because they're such big stars, uh, it provides an opportunity for them to talk about it. And he was on CNBC talking about his various businesses. Yeah, I think the one word we haven't used thus far is credibility. I think that yeah, comes with, with having played the sport professionally, understanding it. You bring up uh, the example of David Beckham and in basketball as well. There's Gerard Piquet as well, who recently yes. left Barcelona yes. as a professional footballer, storied career excellent defender, he's gone out and launched Kings League, which mm. is a, uh, a bit of a different football aspect of yeah. a game. I yeah. think it's seven aside, if I'm not wrong. He, he's added various gimmicks, shall we say, yeah. to make it exciting, and he's embraced the social media world. So, to go back to the wider question, what do rich men want? <laughs> I think, simply put, they want to make more money. They want to be richer. Really? But, uh, or, or just owning a toy? I feel, I feel, obviously, there are various different examples, okay. but ultimately... Okay. The centre focus of it all is to make more money for themselves, but not all of them go about it in a smart way. Okay. I think some of them know how to maximise it in terms of creating a niche for themselves and going mm. out and then to try and build it as a brand. Some people, to your point, just go out and buy flashy toys and see how much fun they can have with it. Or for the lack of a better example, just play football manager in real life. Okay, okay. So I'm going to get really touchy on this one. And this one, I think the women will want to join in and, and, and have a listen. Rich men, mm. particularly men, gender men, what do they want? They buy these clubs. You say it's to make more money, but it's the problem that for us men, our ego is just too big. Certainly. I play football manager, I should know better. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> I think I think I think we talk about me and you in this room yeah. having an ego. Can you imagine the size of the ego of someone who has that much money? I mean, hand on it's heart, true, me and no? Elliot don't have that much money. This is honest truth. We and try, this yeah. is no disservice yeah. to who, who we work for. Yeah. I'm just saying how it is. It's life. Exactly. Yeah. So can you imagine how hard it will be to convince a rich man of something despite being a subject matter expert. It must be... I, I, I joked about this previously on air. If you work for Elon Musk, how are you going to then tell Elon Musk he doesn't know what he's doing with his money? Correct. Would he listen? Correct. Obviously, there is the ego aspect where he's going to say, you know nothing, I pay your wages, I make the decisions. And that's a difficult place to be in, in the business of sports. Is that a man thing? Especially with sports, testosterone involved? Uh, it probably is. It probably is. They probably... Some of these rich men, for example, Todd Bowley comes across as he wants to feel like a football almost he wants to be chummy with your A-list sports athletes therefore he's mm. gone out and bought a rich flashy toy and that's what it comes across and ultimately that's yes one thing with the size of the ego the second thing is it's also fanning the ego flaming it and, and being able to then flex to your circle saying oh yeah I've got uh, David Beckham on my contacts list I've got Fabrizio Romano on my contacts list I think it comes with that need for almost justifying how big you are 
and and it brings to mind uh, Williams, uh, the Formula One team um, that previously had a female team principal, Claire um, Williams. Claire Williams, thank you. I for, for the life of me, it slipped my mind. Even at Mercedes, uh, with uh, Total Wolf's wife, Susie, uh, Susie yeah. uh, running the show, you see a much more. And this is me. This is us praising William, uh, ladies and getting on your side here. You see a much more level hit mm. because mm. they know that it's a man's world. I got to survive, but at the same time, I got to show I know what I'm doing. Yeah. So all the more, they will go out and make sure they know what they're doing. 100%. I think, unfortunately, how it is is sometimes when women come into a men's world, they almost have it stacked against them. They mm. need to prove something extra just to get recognition. Yes. And I think the likes of Susie Wolf, the likes of Claire Williams. She's CEO, yeah. Exactly. Come into it with Claire, especially her father, Frank Williams, owned the company. Therefore, Huge weight. That was always going to weigh on her. Nepotism yeah. was always yeah. something that would have been thrown her but way. I thought she did well. She handled her well, herself so well in the press. Exactly. And I think the best part of what Claire has done now is to know yeah. it's time for me to step yeah. aside. It's yeah. time for me. I've done my job now. Yeah. I've steadied the ship. I'm going to hand this over to people just to take a bit of heat or friction away from Williams so they can concentrate on the racing. Yeah. But going back to that point, I guess with women, they come in, to your point, level-headed. Yeah. They, they, they don't think like a fan. They think of yes. it as a business. And I think ultimately, when you do want to make an investment in a team, whether you support it or not, you need to look at it as a business rather than from a fan perspective. Because, for example, if I buy Manchester United with $500 billion, as you suggested, yes, I would like to go out and buy Lionel Messi because he just <laughs> won the World Cup. But does that make business sense? I'm not sure. Yeah. Therefore, yeah. I need to think of it from a business perspective rather than just football manager perspective. Mm. So lesson of the day, draw the line back to my question at the start of the show, Raushan. Would you buy Manchester United now that we've had this discussion? I, I feel like Manchester United fans would accept me buying it more than Qataris buying it at this point, but that's a conversation for another day. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.